0: This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, episode 47, Invest in Yourself. Traditional financial planning is no longer working, and in the new normal economy, your hosts, Mark Willis and Holly Bach, invite you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast. Helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future.
1: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of our podcast. Thank you for joining us here today. Um, I'm your host, Holly Bach, and with me here in the studio today is Mark Willis. Hello. All right, and so um, we actually just our last episode wrapped up kind of our, our little mini series we were doing on the circle of life, um, but don't worry, we'll come back to it. We've got more episodes on the circle of life, but we just kind of wanted to press pause on that for now, and um, we're actually going to now dive into our toolbox. So kind of uh, switching things up here a little bit, and um, what we want to talk about today is something that you know may be of interest to some of you, and. It's how you are your greatest asset, Um, and the importance of investing in yourself. Your learning, I mean, really, if you can commit to that, if you can commit to investing in yourself, really, you'll you'll go far. Um, And so, really, kind of the the first point we wanted to start out with is is just the importance of investing. Sorry, investing in your career, investing in yourself, investing in your career, and um, ultimately, you know, helping yourself build a larger income. Which might sound a little funny, but we'll talk about in our episode here today um, how that is important. And so, some of this might sound obvious, uh, you know, as far as oh yeah, you know, in, in, invest in yourself, you're important, that sort of thing. But I think a lot of people actually overlook this idea of you know, truly trying to invest in advancing yourself um, in the name of trying to just be really disciplined with their money.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, if you had a box in the corner of your room that spit out 60,000 bucks a year, wouldn't you want to make sure that that was a well-oiled machine <laughs> and had plenty the of... golden goose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and wouldn't you maybe even want to, I don't know, add on additional parts and components to it and increase its volume so maybe it's spitting out $80,000 a year instead? Mm-hmm. You know, why is it any different when it's our own personal in, investment in ourselves. We are mm-hmm. our greatest asset, just like you said, We Holly.
1: are our golden goose. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs>
0: Things are getting deep real quick here. This is getting crazy. But, but where I find most people's attention, again, I, I don't think it's an accident that we use the uh, metaphor of paying attention. So when you pay attention or you give your attention, you're, you're literally handing over your greatest assets uh, to whatever it is that's calling on your attention. Uh, the latest commercial or whatever, right? And so obviously, you know, the, the lowest level, you might say, is the person who gives all of their attention, pays all their attention uh, on things that are requiring money from them. That's actually a, that makes you a depreciating asset, right? <laughs> when you're buying a car that you can't afford, you are depreciating the value of your own certain person, your own asset, uh, when you, uh, you know, do those things, right? But let's say you've called yourself up to a higher standard. Now you're listening to some of the financial gurus on the radio who are telling you to live cheap, to live within your means. And there's nothing that I'm gonna complain about there mm-hmm. in terms of you know, that, the spirit of that, right? But I've actually seen a lot of people who really kind of go too far
1: mm-hmm.
0: in that regard. And they make that everything they pay attention to, okay? So now if all we're doing is thinking about and working on how do we reduce our expenses you know, I had a guy who listened to a radio show host um, uh, to try to get out of his student debt. They actually got rid of everything in their life, including their internet uh, that put like another. it was basically a $40 bill that they you know took out of their budget to throw an extra 40 bucks a month on their student loans. Now, I am all for hard work and getting out of debt. Uh, but, you know, the husband had never finished college and he decided to get into a manual labor job and his wife has been working in the exact same administrative position for nine years. So, you know, would it have been a better deal rather than the 20 hours they may have spent, you know, figuring out how to minimize their, their expenses to put 20, to 20 hours into, you know, getting some, you know, uh, additional uh, schooling in or some Saturday classes on how to increase their income or whatnot? You know, I just mm-hmm. think that, you know, where you pay attention uh, will be the outcome of your investment in yourself. Mm-hmm. So of course, not everybody's given that same opportunity in life, and and I don't want to make any claim to say that everyone needs to be a PhD in something. Uh, and certainly, I know some PhDs who are upside down financially anyway. <laughs> um, but it does seem like that if you could put a little more attention or effort into advancing your career, that's what we mean today when we mean invest in yourself. Now, there's plenty of self help books out there that talk about other parts of this, but we're talking today about how to advance in your career, increase your income and make that the primary focus of your attention, at least at the beginning.
1: Mm-hmm, and you'll end up, you know, accomplishing your goals a whole lot faster. That's right. You know, if Mm -hmm. you, if you go about it that way and, you know, really also to be clear, you know, making a lot of money does not necessarily mean that you're wealthy if you live, if you end up just living beyond your means. That's right. Um, You know, so it's not about making more to spend more. Um, But, you know, I would love to challenge you, our listeners, to just think about what it might look like to have a good balance. I think, you know, again, it comes back to this idea of balance. It's not all one or, you know all one or and the nothing other. of the mm-hmm. other, you yep. know, that sort of thing. Um, but just having a good balance of implementing sound financial practices, ha- still having discipline with your money, you know, so not g- letting the expenses get out of control, certainly, um, but also not letting all of that detract from what advancing your career can offer uh, as far as helping you accomplish your goals as well. That's
0: right. Exactly. And what I've kind of noticed having worked with, you know, probably, had several thousand conversations at this point with individuals across this country. And what I've noticed is, you know, early on anyway, wealth is created not by saving or investing. It's about increasing your income so that you can do that to a larger degree. Mm -hmm. So if you put, you know, $500 in a brokerage account and it does, you know, a, a okay rate of return, what is that? You know, maybe 50, but maybe you earn $50 on that but instead if you put $500 into a course that you could take to learn how to invest for example or you know into your um you know your ongoing education and got some credentials or something maybe that creates 10 grand a year of pay raises that you would have received otherwise that's that's the kind of thing we're talking about here you can't get rich uh through subtraction you know if you can't squeeze that penny hard enough you can't cut the bills down to the bone where you you know are using you're you're siphoning your neighbor's air conditioning so you don't have to <laughs> pay the air electric bill. You can't get rich through subtraction. Instead, it's done through addition and then ultimately through multiplication. And that's what we mean by investing in yourself. You know, I, I recently spoke with a, a client who, he's a freelance graphic designer, and he's, you know, in his middle 20s. He's just getting started in life. And what I was so impressed by was he, in the midst of our conversation, admitted-realized that he'd have to, you know, continue to build his graphic design practice. But he was willing not to cut the the expenses down to the to the bone, but instead to increase his income. He's getting a side hustle. And so many <laughs> of us are, right? Uh, so, you know, most people, uh, I'd say most people have more money saved when they're 10 years old than when they get out of college. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just sort of sad slash crazy. Well, net worth
1: is certainly higher. Yeah, that's right. That's (laughs) true. Regardless of the savings. Net worth with
0: all the student loans. You're exactly exactly right. So, you know, how, (laughs) how do you increase your income? Well, okay, we've talked about it a little bit, build your credentials, build your skills, build your reputation, and then be bold. And mighty forces will come to your aid, as they say. Be willing to accept any job at the start. You know, over time, you'll be able to get more particular about which jobs you take and that sort of thing. But right now, it's about taking out that toothbrush and scrubbing the bathroom floor. Uh, you know, so many people limit how much they can earn just based on their beliefs about themselves. Right, Holly? Mm-hmm. Um, I think they also limit their income because they think it's based on their time. You know, oh, I'm not going to work if I'm not going to get paid at least X dollars per hour. Well, you know, I'd say the very best thing you could do, because I'm thinking about my life, and I'm thinking probably 75% of the work I do isn't paid for. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the 25% is just awesome you know, and I'm willing to do the other to work on that 25%. -hmm.
1: And I think, you know, you were saying about um, people limit how much they can earn just based upon their beliefs about themselves. And I think there's some psychological truth to the fact that people kind of put a number on themselves. Like I think people Mm -hmm. have an idea in their mind of what they believe they're worth. Mm -hmm. And they're almost not Able psychologically to get paid more than that because they don't think they're worth more than that, um, which is which is sad, you know, mm-hmm. to an extent because um, I think you know. There's, there's a lot of circumstance where people could be worth a whole lot more than what they're actually getting paid or what they're actually earning. Sure. Um, and so, yeah, I just I, I believe what you're saying is, is yeah. definitely a factor well, for some Oh, you're so people.
0: true. And, and if you ever got, got a job that gave you more than what you thought you were worth, you'd find a way to sabotage it and get back down <laughs> to what you think you're worth, right? Yeah. Uh, so no, you're exactly right, Holly. So I would recommend, please, please remove that relationship of money and time uh, in your mind you know, disconnect those two. And all of a sudden, you can do things to leverage both to your advantage, right? Rather than, you know, your boss's advantage, for example, if you're uh, an employee. So if you're spending, for example, three hours a week ironing clothes, because, you know, you don't want to go, you can't you, you can't imagine spending, you know, some money at a dry cleaner. Um, but let's say you spent 30 bucks to get it all dry cleaned. Uh, and that dry cleaning was done, you know, decent you know, maybe it's not 100% as good as you would do it. But even if it's just 80% as well, I always have a rule for myself that if someone else can do something at least 80% as well as I can, to pay them to go do that for me. Because typically, that means I don't have to. And I can typically use my hour a little bit better, you know, in terms of what it's worth, than having to run around and and try to iron clothes. I used to do that, spent all Sunday afternoon, whatever, ironing clothes. And it was miserable for everybody, including me. (laughs) Uh, so, you know, if, what could you earn in those same three hours? What could you learn in those same three hours? What skills could you take on? Three hours a week, what could that do to your overall career over a lifetime, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're taking an hour and a half to clip coupons to save four bucks at the grocery store, then you are earning 37 cents an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so be aware that you can always, always, always outspend your income. Uh, but you can't spend anything without an income.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: So what happens once we get paid, Holly?
1: Yeah. I mean, as soon as you get paid, you have to kind of automatically move the majority of that income into separate savings accounts. Um, you know, like bank on yourself policies or others, um, which you don't, which you don't touch, but you do still have access to. So since now you won't have. You know that much spent, that much money to spend. It will force you to focus on increasing yeah. your income. Mm-hmm. So if you take that money as soon as you earn it, kind of set it aside, get it out of your, <laughs> your view in yep. a way, get it out of sight, out of sight, out of mind. Um, then you'll start to feel kind of that pinch. Just. Um, to want to make more and earn more mm-hmm. because you'll see that you need more, um, and then once you've saved enough in these separate accounts, you know invest that into something. You invest it into businesses or ventures which you are you know confident um, and excited and passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, also create multiple strong connected. Flows of income and don't neglect the existing streams when you move on to others. So, you know, kind of create these different streams of income and make sure that as you're adding on more, you know, you're not letting those first couple ones dry right. up in mm-hmm. a way.
0: Well, and when, when we say we want connected flows of income, think of like tributaries of a river that are flowing toward each other and into a big river, okay? Mm-hmm. So, or, um, you know, as, as you're looking at your set of skills that you're focused on or that you're really good at, whoever you are and whatever your career is, you know, uh, if you could find a way to build onto that, finding other ways to make money off the industry in which you're an expert, where you make kind of your day job or your bread and butter. For example, if you're starting a business lawn care, uh, a business, let's say, in lawn care and mowing lawns and uh, doing landscaping, maybe you also teach Classes on landscaping on Saturdays with additional income there, so that's mm-hmm. a separate uh, but related, connected income uh, stream, right? Yep, yep. Uh, and so, why do we say put them in a bank on yourself policy? Well, we have other episodes that go further into this, but it grows predictably and it beats other cash equivalents. So we still want that money liquid. We still want to have access to it so we can invest it in our businesses or you know real estate or other ventures that we might want to get into and you know you want to have that money available for you later when you need that money and you know as, again as we've mentioned in the other episodes almost inconceivably that money in the policy continues to grow even when you use it to invest like say in businesses or real estate and whatnot mm-hmm. so you know there's a purpose behind where you put your money keeping it out of re- out of reach you know you can't swipe a debit card with your bank on yourself policy at, at the tech store, yep, <laughs> um, but it's still available for you. So you, when you do see the opportunity to invest, you've got it available for you.
1: Yep, and then also, you know, kind of in line with this investing in yourself and kind of growing yourself, is that whenever you are looking to kind of make new connections or learn more, make sure that you're always reaching up and never sideways or down. Mm, and so, yeah. what does that mean? Well. Um, I mean, of course, you can always, you know, kind of care about others and certainly help others out, help others grow. And in fact, that's really a you know great indicator of a true leader. And you don't want to um but you don't want to spend a lot of your time with people who will keep you thinking small or yep. even negative, right? Again, like we were talking about in our last episode, community, you know yep. you kind of grow to be like the people that you're around. Um, so find mentors that you look up to and make a commitment. To them and getting and and kind of learning from them and mm-hmm. being mentored by them. Uh, don't be like them, but learn from them. If you don't know where to find a mentor, think about where you might find them. You know, are they in you know bookstores, tennis clubs, or country clubs? Um, you know, I found that a great way to be meet a lot of people is um, you know through charity events or even networking events that you can go to and. And so you can kind of think about, you know, the types of people you want to be surrounded by, the types of people that you want to learn from. Where are they hanging out? You know, wh- yeah. what are they doing um, with their evenings, their weekends, and and where could you maybe uh, bump into them?
0: Well, and you know, we've we've used the phrase "bank on yourself" uh, as sort of a a nickname for a financial asset, right? But today we're talking about you are your greatest asset. So how do we bank on you? You know, in other words, you being you, the individual. So, you know, what are the reasons why I love this idea uh, of bank on yourself is it's this nice play on words. You know, it's not just about that financial tool, dividend paying whole life insurance that's built for cash accumulation and the ability to use it, you know, for all your banking needs in your life. But it's also a mindset, you know, learning to rely or be responsible for yourself, Uh, learning to be 100 percent responsible for everything in your life even if you're not to blame for something, take responsibility. You know, I think that's so critical. I I even go so far that if I know that uh, I didn't do something wrong, but I will take it upon my responsibility, if it's in my purview, if it's in my ability to do something about it, I want to take that responsibility and take my, you know, game to the next level. Even if it's not my problem, it's going to be my responsibility. Um mm-hmm. so taking the opposite of taking responsibility of course is playing the victim. And that's like breaking compound interest <laughs> in yourself, you know, if, you know financially speaking it's like taking all the money out of your out of your bank account and letting it drop to zero. You know, when you play the victim, you're giving uh, the attention, paying attention to something else that instead is the thing that's driving the ship, so to speak, of your life.
1: You know, when you're you're blaming your circumstances as to why you can never achieve a certain income Mm, level, you know, so then you're kind of removing, like you said, the responsibility from yourself to go out there and earn it and make it happen. And you're just saying, oh, because of these different factors and these different circumstances, I'll never be able to make more than this.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that so many people put their money in things that they can't control, whether it's a credit card or 401k, and then they blame the market or the bank whenever everything goes wrong. And so victim mentality and your financial tool, I think, has a lot to do with one another. I, I know that mm-hmm. maybe sounds crazy. And I think that's also just, just so happens coincidentally, sometimes they call this uh, Financial tool bank on yourself—they call it participating whole life. I want to participate in my whole life. (laughs) Sorry for the pun there, but literally, there's a relationship in my mind. If I have, you know, guarantees, predictability, access to my cash, use of it for anything I might need in my life, isn't that me taking responsibility? Isn't that me banking on myself? Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think that's a valuable thing to talk about. And by the way, it pays Mm -hmm. dividends—not not just bank on yourself, but the the lifestyle and the the mindset of taking responsibility pays tremendous dividends.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I think this is valuable to talk about because I don't think we always realize we're getting caught up in this kind of thinking. Um, right. I know, I think it was quite a while before I really came to think in you know, more in this way of investing in yourself, as we've been saying. You know, Prior to that, I was always just really caught up in just trying to keep expenses and bills as low as possible. It kind of seemed mm-hmm. like the most logical thing to do it seemed like the thing i had the most control over sure. is okay well maybe i can't control how much i make but i can control how much i'm spending right you know the, i think that was just kind of this mindset but you have to kind of get over that hump and say absolutely i can control my expenses but i can also control how much i make Woo. you know and what my what my income is um And I just wasn't really giving any real thought to how much faster I would actually accomplish my goals if I just tried to focus on making a little bit more Mm -hmm. instead. I mean, I think honestly, it would be far easier for any one of us, you know, any of us to come up with a couple of different ways to increase our income by $10,000 a year, rather than cutting out $10,000 worth of expenses. I mean, I'm thinking about my personal, life cutting out $10,000. I mean, what am I going to do? Like, Okay. You know, not rent, you mm-hmm, know, live mm-hmm. in a cardboard box, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, $10,000 is a good chunk of change to cut out.
0: And in Chicago, a cardboard box is still like, you know, a hundred grand.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, versus just going out and making 10 grand. That'd be so much easier to do, you know. Get get some get a job on the weekends, you know. Do if you're living in Chicago, Uber, you know, or Lyft or something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, there's just so many different things you can do um, that could, I feel, easier bridge you know, the increase in income rather than just the cutting out of the expenses. And imagine if you could even kind of do a combination of the two. You know, if you were to earn $10,000 more and cut out $10,000 of expenses, well, now we're 20 grand ahead of where we were a year, if you know, someone the prior year.
0: if someone wants to dry clean my clothes, give me a call.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Mark has a job yeah. for you.
0: <laughs> Just kidding.
1: Um, but you know, really, one thing I do want to make clear, though, is that our conversation today has not, you know, meant to discourage people right. from trying to cut out those exactly. unnecessary expenses, you know, or even to save or live within your means. Absolutely, those things are still. So, so, so important. You have to live within your means or you'll never get ahead financially. Um, But really what we're communicating is just the opposite. Um, All those things are still crucial to getting ahead. We're just encouraging you not to limit yourself. Don't limit you. Don't limit your talents or your earning potential. And you might actually end up being surprised by how much you're worth to someone and how much they'd be willing to pay you to be a part of their team if you've developed the right talents and skill sets within yourself. So really kind of the moral of the story with this episode is that you're worth it. You know, you're worth it. Invest in yourself. And um, there are so many dividends, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, pardon Mm -hmm. the pun, um, to be had if you do that. Yeah. Um, but really kind of the the next step after you do invest in yourself, though, and maybe you've been able to increase that income a little bit, is learning how to save properly. Um, we don't want to start earning more just so that we can spend more. That's not the moral of the story at all. Um, we also, we want to do it. We want to invest in ourselves and make more so we can save more. And actually, that's what our next um, our next episode is going to be all about, um, when we're actually going to reopen our toolbox a little bit and dive into the secret formula to savings. Ooh, cool! So um, just want to thank you all again for joining us for another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future.